This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to another episode of the No Ceilings Podcast. I am Tyler Metcalf, joined as always by Tyler Rucker. Rucker, you're back from Vegas. Have you recovered yet? Uh, surprisingly, yes, which is, you know, wow. probably a first all time. Upset of the century. Yeah, upset of the century. You know, Vegas was a heavy favorite <laughs> in that category to, you know, I feel like the older I get, the more difficult Vegas gets. So then I can't really be the guy that stays out till 5 a.m. anymore. Um, but Gosh, what a great trip. Um, it was awesome to finally get to meet the No Ceilings crew, most of them. Um, Metcalf, you had to be selfish and go to a wedding, but I heard the wedding was great. Um, I feel like I sent you some funny texts while we were in Vegas, and you know, now we're back. It feels We did a couple content streams there. Thanks for everyone listening and for all the comments and stuff, but uh didn't feel right without you there. Doesn't it just I can't can't fight this feeling anymore. How are we doing, Metcalf? I'm fantastic. Um, you know, ba- based on how things sounded, it sounded like you guys had an awesome time out there. Yeah. Uh, interacted with a lot of really great people. Um, it also sounded like I drank significantly more at this wedding than you guys did, which is, you know, speaking of upsets in in rural Wisconsin, I'm I'm out drinking new boys in uh, Vegas, but you know, well, some of us weddings. have to work, you know, well, so I, I mean, we don't just go, get to go that's celebrate. Never, that's never that's never stopped you before. <laughs> I'm a but, dual threat guy. What can I say? <laughs> a lot of versatility. Guard one through five. What can I go? There you go. Uh, but we, we we are still right in the heart of summer league. And while we're not there, you know, I'm still catching up on games. So if we don't talk about your team or your the certain player, it's not because we hate them. It's just because I haven't gotten to them. And I don't like to speak on things that I'm completely ignorant of. So, you know, obviously one of the players that I have watched a significant amount of, uh, along with every other NBA fan, is the number one overall pick, Paolo Bancaro, who has been incredibly impressive. Rucker, what what have your takeaways of Paolo been? What surprised you? Is this kind of what you expected? Where are you at with the number one overall pick? Yeah, so I mean, in, in two games in Vegas, I think he uh, he finished with 20 points a game. I know they've shut him down for the rest of the summer, yeah. but he, he finished with 20 points per game. Um, 5.0 rebounds, six assists, two and a half steals, uh, shooting splits of 40, 50, 80 um, for all the nerds out there. I love you guys. You know, it, it was, I was very excited to see pretty much everyone I possibly could see after evaluating this class and the sophomores. But um, Paulo was obviously the, the one everyone wanted to get their eyes on. And it, it was funny seeing him in person because Corey, you know, went and saw him, uh, Corey from those ceilings, our family went and saw Apollo in the beginning of the year. And he was just like, man, Paulo's big. And I was like, all right, you know, 
take your word for it. Like I, unfortunately we're in the first year of no ceilings. I don't get to just go scout everyone I possibly want, but um, we're getting there. And actually seeing Paulo in Vegas, I was just like, man, man's big. Like he, I was just shocked. Like he is, he's not only tall, he's just a, a, a beast. Mm-hmm. And I was very impressed watching him. Um, he's going to be in the running for rookie of the year. He looked very, very, he looked like the hype was real. And I, and I think that's the exciting thing for magic fans. Like you, they've needed this number one option. They've needed this bucket getting machine. Paulo definitely looked like it in summer league. And we'll, we'll be, you know, watching closely to see if that can translate to the next level. Cause doing it in summer leagues, one thing doing it mm-hmm. at the NBA level against the, uh, much, much better competition is another thing. What about you, Metcalf? What were your uh, initial thoughts? Yes, I, I should have started out with this, but Summer League is rife with overreactions, both good right. and bad. The only ones we're allowing are the good ones. Apparently, uh, apparently. Yes. <laughs> so all, all good things. Everybody love everybody. Um, I, he looked incredible, and he kind of looked exactly kind of what we were hoping he would with that team as that offensive hub and that offensive creator. And he continued to show what we were saying for weeks is that he was the best playmaker out of that entire class. And to get that at 6'10", 250 or whatever his exact measurements are, it's like, holy crap, what a combination of size and skill and athleticism. So all of that, I, I was really impressed. Nothing really surprised me. Um, you know, he probably shot from outside a little better than I anticipated. I don't think he's going to be that efficient, um, for his whole career, but I also don't think he needs to be. I think if he's lives at 33 to 35%, that's it. That's fine. I think that's more than good enough because that'll force defenders to, you know, just second guess and overthink and, you know, make that hesitation. And he's proven at every level that he can immediately, capitalize on that and make them pay for that hesitation um would it surprise me if he shot in you know closer to 40 percent long term not really at this point you know there's nothing super mechanically wrong with his jumper i think it just needs to find more consistency and with age that typically comes from guys of that caliber so overall just nothing has really surprised me he's physically imposing um and he's getting to that spin move at will it'll be interesting to see how effective that is or what his counters are once teams kind of hone in on that but his just absurd size makes up for a lot of it so even if you sit on that spin move and you guess correctly okay well he's got 30 pounds and four inches on you so what are you gonna do he's we were, me and Corey were talking about this at Vegas and it was just, we even said this on the stream and I was like, Paulo is perfect for summer league. Like summer yep. league is absolutely a match made in heaven for Paulo Bancaro because it's, you know, a lot of these guys competing in this of, of course are from the draft class, but a lot of guys are also second year guys. A lot of guys are also guys who are in the G league that are just desperate to get, on a roster. And yes, I will talk about this later with a certain player that I feel like me and Metcalf are ready to go to war for. Um, But Paulo's going against, you know, all respect to those guys. He's going against a lot of guys that might not be in a roster next year. He looked great. He looked, he looked like the guy that walked on the court every time and was like, I'm the guy. And you're going to have that swagger when you're the first overall pick. And that's been moves deadly. He, he looks like he's just going to be a force. He looks like a guy that, you know, 
has been in the league for three years because that's just how perfect summer league is for some mm-hmm. of these players where it's, I'm not saying it's pickup style, but there is a lot of that. We're like, you know, Metcalf, I saw you tweeted one of my least favorite possessions of all time for summer league that basically a guy dribbled for 20 seconds and then threw the ball erratically at the hoop. That happens a lot. There's a lot of ugly possessions in summer league, but if you, if you have the talent, you're going to stand out like a sore thumb. And, And Paula was clearly one of those guys. Every time he's on the court, he's like, okay, this is one of the alphas on, on this game. And my my only, I don't even want to say concern because I, I mm-hmm. do think that it is a lot of it is a symptom of just that style of play that summer league, you know, brings out of everyone is, you know, he's turned it over a million times and, you know, some of that is him just trying stuff. Um, so, you know, you like the creativity, you like the um, vision with a lot of that stuff, obviously he'll need to rein that in, but with, you know, a team with Jalen Suggs and Cole Anthony and Marco Fultz, it'll be, I'm assuming those will get scaled back a good amount just based on his usage lowering. So I don't love the turnovers. I also don't think that he's going to be turning it over six times a game or anything. The other concern with Paulo was his defense. And I thought his effort generally looked really good um, on ball stuff. I thought was really impressive. Um, well, maybe not really impressive, but good enough or, you know, better effort and more consistent effort both on and off ball than he showed in college. Um, I did think it was interesting. I think it was the Rockets game that they just kept running pick and rolls over and over again. Um, when Paolo would run it on offense, it was to get Jabari off of him. And when the Rockets would run it, it would, it was to get Paolo on ball. So, you know, I, I thought that was a little inter- interesting wrinkle. Um, it didn't always work either way, but you know, overall I thought his defense just the effort and consistency of it looked much better than it did at Duke. And it'll be really interesting to see if that carries over. And if it, if so, how long, you know, it carries throughout the season. Yeah. I mean, when when I watched him, it was one of those situations where I wasn't, I wasn't caught telling myself like, whoa, he looks bad. Like, well, he stands out defensively in a negative way. Um, And this is also the part of the year where like, Guys are going to sit out now. Um, that's just what's going to happen with this next couple yep. of games in summer leagues and the next couple of days. Like the teams are going to be like, all right, we've seen enough. And with Paulo, and what I'm getting at is like now, this is the time of the year you get to go dissect a little bit more deeply. And I'll be interested. Like that's one of my things on my list is like, okay, I want to watch Paulo's defense. I want to watch um, a lot of these guys specifically because. This is such a big overreaction time. Like it's funny being on social media, like even the no ceilings crew, we were just like laughing at some of like, people would be like, Oh my gosh, we took the wrong guy. And I'm like, they've played two games. What's (laughs) going on? Like, um, We're going to talk about this later, but like I I have a list of guys that have struggled in summer league that are now stars in the NBA and it happens all the time. So it's just funny, but um, the turnovers thing is definitely interesting. I'm like you. It doesn't worry me too much. It's just something to keep in the back of your head. I mean, he averaged six turnovers a game. All right, uh, five turnovers a game in two games. It's a high number, even even for summer league. So, am I worried about that? Not really, but it's something that if he comes out the first week and is averaging five turnovers a game, it's like okay, there might be something here. But um, yeah, Paul looked like the number one pick. He he looked like he was well-deserving yeah. of it. He looks like he's going to be a damn good player. And 
he looks like the magic got a potential force. I, I think there was a lot of really special tools that I was like, yep, this, this is exactly what we wanted Paulo to be. This is exactly why a lot of us were gaining some momentum on him at the end of the year when he was all of a sudden looking more comfortable at Duke. And um, I love what I saw. He, he didn't like warrant me away from thinking he was one of the top players in this draft. Yeah. And I, I want to jump to someone who's been equally as brilliant and impressive and Chet Holmgren, but real quick, just uh, last two guys, I feel like they've deserved mention at least on the magic are Caleb Houston and Jared Roden. uh, Both of which I've been really impressed with their off ball offense. Um, When Caleb Houston shot is falling, like it did in that first game, he looks incredible and it's a completely different player. Um, he never stops moving on offense. Uh, just his ability to cut and relocate and give up the ball and make quick decisions, I think is really impressive. So I, I think I'm already a little um, disappointed in where I ended up with him in my final rankings. I still think it should have been higher. And then Jared Roden's doing a lot of the same stuff, but not quite as effective. I really like the way he's cutting and relocating. Um, yeah. On the Kings, right? Is he on the Kings? I thought. Yeah, he was yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, we should yeah. fire you. It's okay. Yeah, no, 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 no. Because I, I've, I've had that problem. Oh yeah, he's on the Kings. Yeah, it's okay. I'm, I'm gonna let that one slide. Um, because the funny thing is, we couldn't stop talking about Roden at, yeah. uh, at summer league. Like the whole no ceilings crew, we're like, man, he looks good. He looks nice, and he was one of those underrated guys. I was excited to watch, and I left there like, man, he's a nice piece. Like, people might not realize this right away, but he can. He can play, and, and he was so good at just being like, I don't need the ball in my hands. I'll make an mm-hmm. impact. And, and that's what really kept jumping out. I mean, Nathan and Corey hit me a couple times. Like, Roden looks good. And I was like, yeah, yeah he does. So, um, But Caleb looked really good. I thought Caleb – Caleb was one Metcalf when we – I saw in person. I said, man, he's big. Like, he yeah. is – he's a big body. Um and he looks like he's got that frame that he's going to add like good, good weight on and be kind of a pest, kind of a an annoying SOB to deal with on, on the court. But you saw that he, he, all he needed was a couple shots to go down. He just had all this different confidence. And um, defensively, I thought he shocked me. Like he, he made some yeah. impressive, you know, just I was a little like, okay, they, they might have stolen him. This might be a highway robbery, but – um, really liked what I saw from Caleb. I think he went to the perfect team. We talked about this before. Like he went to the team where it's going to be like, he is not going to be asked to carry the load as a rookie. I really do believe like he's still going to have the potential to just develop some confidence. He's going to be behind Franz. Um, I think he's going to be able to come in and play smart, cut away from the ball, make an impact in, in minimal ways to let his game develop. So I, I definitely liked what I saw from Caleb and um, the fact that you thought Roden was on the magic, you know, we need to, we need to find you now, at least, you know, five grand probably. No, I'm kidding. Well, that, 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 that's disappointing. Uh, <laughs> no, well, the, see, that's just what I get for, for taking sloppy notes under the magic Kings game. Um, We're too excited. I get it. I get it. <laughs> well, so, someone who definitely has at least me excited is Chet Holmgren. And yes. I, he looks awesome. He looks incredible. Um, yes, I know Kenneth Lofton had a really good game against him. Um, 
that Kenneth Lofton game didn't really surprise me. And I think it was just that he was kind of a lesser known recruit based, you know, in the mainstream. Um, and anytime check gets moved or anything like that, it's always going to spark all of, Oh God, he's skinny. What a bust. This guy can't play. Um, but everything he does, he does at a, as a, he does at a high level. Um, so I, I've just been really impressed with him so far. He looks awesome. Him and Paulo look fantastic. Yep. And I even think a lot of people are a lot of people are jumping on Jabari. And I think Jabari's actually looked I think Jabari's looked good. And not I'm not talking about the shooting. I think he's I'll get I'll get to Jabari in a second. Yeah. Let me let yeah. me let's focus on chat. But because I, I have actually like Rockets fans, if you're listening, I promise this is a good thing for Jabari. But Chet, um, man, gosh, he looked good. I mean, he just looks unreal. It, it, it's guys are going at him. It, it, Metcalf, it's the same thing we watched all year about yeah. evaluating him. Guys are going at him because they're like, "You're skinny. I'm going at you. What's Doesn't the hype all about?" And he's just like, "Fine, let's go. Let's tango." And you know, I was listening to Rosillo and Bill, and Bill Simmons the other day, and Rosillo brought up a point. He's like. Eventually, guys are going to, you know, when they get to the NBA and it's veterans, guys are just going to stop going at them. But I was also like, Chet's going to know that. And you just watch him on the court and in person. And and me and Albert were pumped because we're like, we watched him before. Let's see if what we saw translate. And Albert just, and I kept looking at each other like, all right, we feel pretty good about it. Like, because he's just, he's flying all over the place. He's got some swagger. He's got some blocks. Um, I've just been in awe. I think he looks exactly like what we're expecting. And it's going to be awesome because it looks like we potentially have a two-headed monster debate moving forward of Paulo and Chet. And I think Jabari will eventually get into that where it's mm-hmm. like dealer's choice. What do, well, what do you prefer? And everyone's going to debate, you know, back and forth about that. But yeah, Chet, Chet's looked outstanding. Um, he's been so competitive. He's just carried himself. Like he's like, I know I'm, I know I'm the guy. I know I'm good. I know we got something special going here and Thunder fans should be pumped up. I thought that whole team is looking yeah. very fun. Presty, you know, he, he was walking through that gym. He had a little extra pep <laughs> in his step. He was just like, yeah, I, I had a good haul. We have, we have a good future going. Yeah. And what, what I love is that the Chet's defense, I feel like it looks exactly how it looked at Gonzaga. You know, he's doing the same kind of stuff. Yes, he's inviting contact, but he's, you know, ushering these guys into places where they can't do anything. Um, so all, all of the defensive stuff, I'm like, yeah, okay. What has really, you know, thrilled me about his summer league so far is what the offenses looked like. And all year we were saying, God, wait, I think he's just scratching the surface. There's more passing there. There's more shooting. There's more on-ball creation. And he showed that. He's shown, you know, driving from the perimeter, these mid-range step-back fadeaways, uh, the transition three, shooting off the catch, shooting off the dribble, taking guys to the rim. Yes, he looks a little awkward because of how long and skinny he is when he attacks, but he's doing all of that stuff in a bunch of different ways that he wasn't allowed to do at Gonzaga when he was their fourth scoring option. His efficiency has been absurd. I don't care what advanced numbers might tell me, but like he's taking, he's having games where he's taking 10, 11 shots um, and just dominating like all over the place. I also like, 
he's 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 been playing so damn hard in summer league, and it's like he's trying to he's hitting the glass on the offensive side of the ball. He's trying to make these effort plays to create possessions, keep keep possessions alive. He's working his ass off, and this yeah. is exactly what you like to see in summer league. It's like a guy that's playing as hard as possible because he's just like I don't care what level it is. I'm we're hooping, and, and he's just a competitor, and that's what we've been saying about Chet all years. Everyone's been pointing about like, oh, how skinny he is, but it's like, it doesn't matter. Like, it's not just that. It's also like this dude is a grinder. He is a competitor. He's going to bring it every game, and we're seeing that. I thought some of the flashes offensively have been awesome. His playmaking's been awesome. He's he's just he's just looked really damn good. And yeah. it's not a guy that's just like like Paulo's look great because you just see the firepower offensively. Right. Chet's look great because he's just he's seeing the floor on both sides and and doing everything he could do to make an impact. It's they both look special. And and I'm I'm excited to keep watching Chet because I, I really do think like boy, he looks like it. And and Paulo looks like it. And fun so far, Metcalf. I mean yeah, Holmgren's just been unreal. I, I can't, I can't put words into it, but like, if it's he's going to be a phenom his whole rookie year, and, and Paulo is too. Yeah, it's the the great case of where the first two picks feel like they should be the first two picks, and it's not like, oh my god, like oof, they took him at number two, or it's like God, they just missed out on that guy at number one, you know? So it's neither of these teams, I think, are going to regret or be disappointed with either Paolo or Chet. Um, And I don't think the Rockets will be disappointed with Jabari. We'll get to him later. Um, But Jalen Williams is another guy who has been so impressive. And it's exactly what we were saying all season, his ability to play on or off ball. The basketball IQ and the passing on that Thunder team is going to be so impressive. What has really surprised me about Jalen Williams is how much more athletic he looks. I know what he tested at, at the combine and that caught me off guard, but then it's like, okay, well, so, some guys just test really well, but they don't really implement it into live games as much. He's implemented it. Every cut he's dunking in big time. It's stuff that he didn't really show at Santa Clara, or at least that I didn't see at Santa Clara. So maybe I missed a couple games where he was doing that, but it felt like his more prominent on-ball role kind of diminished how athletic he was in college. And now he's showing that with how, effective he is in transition and cutting and just getting in the lane and then finishing above the rim, which is something I really didn't expect from him. I mean, I'm, I'm going to get a little crazy here, but I think he's looked like one of the best players in this draft. Um, and I know that doesn't, I know people are gonna be like, what the heck are you talking? He looks like he's going to play in the league for 15 years. Um I've been just so impressed and it's not box score chasing with him. If you just watch his impact on the court, I got a little fun story. So we're, was it the Rockets game? Whatever. We're sitting watching the Thunder game. I think it was Thunder Rockets. Um, Everyone was hyped up to watch that one. We were like, we got there early, the whole no suings crew. And we sit in front of like a group of four younger kids or whatever. And, um, Jalen Williams' first run of the game, he ends up coming out. He hadn't scored yet when he gets subbed out. And someone behind me was like, I think that Jalen Williams is going to be the biggest bust in the draft. And I was just like, I'm – Don't fight him. You, you want a war? You got a war. <laughs> like, I was like, all right, here we go. I mean, this is this is J- J-Dub, friend of the program. 
Um, so I was like, all right, here we go. And then, and I'm watching the rest of the game. Cause I'm like, Hey, I, I trust everyone's opinion. You can, you can have your own opinion. You're not going to piss me off too much, but also saying like, someone's going to be a bust after one summer league game. I was like, come on, <laughs> easy, easy. Um, so then Jay will J dub goes on and has like that second half him and Chet just took over and he was dunking everything. Like it was just like backdoor cuts, slam, um, reverse slam. He looked just awesome. And then he just goes crazy. Um, Albert was basically standing up clapping at the top. Of the, you know, <laughs> we were just like, yeah, friend of the program, but no, it was, it was cool. J dub looked great. And I've been impressed with him at Salt Lake city. I've been impressed with him in Vegas. I think he, it's him, Giddy and Chet. And they're playing beautiful basketball yeah. because they're moving without the ball. They're playing backdoor cuts. They're, they're just, it looks fun. It, it, it like this OKC squad is, is going to be really fun to watch develop because we haven't even talked about Zhang and, and I know Zhang hasn't been putting up big numbers, but he's shown some stuff that I, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, like Metcalf, it's exactly what you talked about. He's going to struggle his first year. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. He's going to, he's going to probably need some G league time. He's probably, it's going to be fine. It's going to be okay. But he showed some flashes where I was like, my goodness. And he is humongous. He is tall. Like, so it, they got something fun brewing in OKC. Like, and it's just the, it's the dynamic of that roster. Like the young core coming together where they all know how to play off the ball. They know how to play with each other. It's fun. And, and I think Jalen Williams is, you watch that rocket game. He was, they put him on Jabari to start the game. Like they're like, Hey, go. And Jabari was in hell for a little bit. Like it just shows the versatility that J Dub's going to have. I think he's going to be a really good piece. And I joked and I was like, I'm going to bet him to be six man of the year. Like I was kidding. Everyone calmed down, but I was like, I need to find a sports book. that gives me a hundred to one at least. So, um, but no, I, I mean, being serious, I think he's looked really good and, I don't know, Metcalf. They got a haul. Presty yeah. strikes again. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm glad that you mentioned Jang. He's done exactly what I kind of anticipated he would. Yeah. Um, he's going to struggle all year, but as long as those flashes keep getting shown and he can, you know, kind of string them together here and there for, you know, more productive play on both ends of the floor, I think what he has shown has been encouraging. Um, I think in the long run, that shot is going to fall at a higher clip. It looks really good. Um, and, you know, a couple more of those threes fall. His numbers look a lot better. People start singing a different tune about him. I think he's going to be fine, even though this year's could be rough. Um, and then Josh Getty, we, we got to just mention him. He's way too good to be there. He looks like Magic Johnson out there. I and mean, he, he looks so goddamn good. And he's getting to wherever he wants on the floor. Um he can get to the rim with these. His ball handling looks a little more um, advanced and versatile and dynamic this year. He's, I, I love that they're playing him to kind of start forming some of that chemistry with Jalen and Chet. Um, but at this point, it's like, oof, this guy's way too good to be out on the floor. Yeah, he he's quickly climbing the, like the rankings of this guy is one of the more like enjoyable players to watch in the league. It's pure fun. He's so much fun and, and he, he gets a little wild with some passes, but yep. I also think when you have that playmaking ability, it's like, no, you're going to look wild when yep. you make a, a mistake because everyone's like, you're really crazy. And it's like, no, well, when he's throwing dimes, it looks unbelievable. We had a, um, a really 
me and Corey had a really, I mean, people will say it's bad dad joke, but I think it was hilarious. We just kept trying to say to all the international guys when they made an assist, like that's, we call those dimes in America. And then Corey tried to look up what is a dime in Australia and they don't have it. So we were like, no, we can't do that show. We were really proud of it. I might put it on a shirt. You heard it here first. Um, anyways, yeah, it was fun. We had a lot of fun. Um, no, but Giddy looks great. I, I, I'm really, I'm really pumped to continue to see him grow. I love that they were playing him just like you said. Like I get to a point I always are. I'm like, okay, shut it down. We've seen enough. But with him, it was like, no, this is great. They're they're getting some early chemistry going with these guys and. You could see it's working. You could see all those guys like playing with each other. So, um, Giddy's fun, man. It's it's fascinating because uh, I just think like his stock is probably store like just soaring. Like I, I, Giddy's gonna be so much fun two years from now, not if not this year. Well, so someone who has fans a little more hesitant um, is Jabari Smith. Yeah, and you know we we've mentioned him in passing, but let, let's dive into it. Um, obviously I'm asking this facetiously, but have the Rockets ruined their future because of Jabari Smith? No, not (laughs) at all. Thank you. Um, you know, this is the problem with summer league is if you don't go out there and dominate right away, everyone starts waving the, the, like turning on the sirens and being like, uh Oh, it's a bust. And it's like, no, it's, this is their first game after, you know, months and months of workouts by themselves in front of, you know, a bunch of executives in an empty gym and then interviews and media and, you know, all that crap. And now they're, all right, get ready. Here we go. We're playing live basketball again. Jabari was going to struggle. Like Jabari was either going to get red hot from outside and everyone's going to be like, oh my gosh, he's the greatest. Or if his shot didn't fall, it could have gotten ugly. And we've said this a lot of the year. We were like, if his shot's not falling, what's he going to be able to do? But this is what I wanted to get at for Rockets fans. And Metcalf, you can tell me I'm crazy. I think it's more important if you start having the later summer league games where you start finding some confidence. Like, I love that he he struggled his first game. The second game that we watched there, he was like, it was it was honestly kind of fascinating to watch because he just kept shooting. He was having like the worst shooting night of his career, and he was like, "I'm shooting out of this slump." And it was like, I, yeah. me and Corey, were like, and the whole No Ceilings crew were like, "I almost respect it," because he's just like, "I don't care. I'm shooting myself out of this." He made one once. I think he like screamed um, an, an obscenity at, at the top of his mind. He was just so mad. Yeah, but like, he was also showing some impressive defensive possessions there. So you're seeing a little bit of development because he, he's got punched in the mouth. You know, everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Mike Tyson. And then the third game, he has his best game. His last game, he had like 19 and nine. I thought he looked fantastic. He was more efficient. He looked calmed down. You want to see those. You want to see the develop, like each game, he's getting better. Each game is getting a little bit more confidence. Because I said it before, when we before we even went to Vegas, I, I think if a guy comes out and has thirty five right away, that that could be dangerous. Because they're yeah. like, look how good I am. I'm, you know, I'm the guy already. But Jabari looks like a hard worker. He, that game he struggled. If you were there, you saw he was doing everything. He was like, come on, get out of it. Like he was frustrated, and it, and it was just the frustrated of giving a shit. And 
I thought he still tried to make plays defensively. He still had some nice possessions. And um, last game, he looked really, really good. So just be patient with these guys. Can we not overreact when I understand everyone gets pumped when someone looks good, but it's like, just when a guy looks bad, doesn't mean we're going to be like, okay, he's the worst player ever. Like, huh? Just relax. Houston, he's going to be fine. What yeah, about you, Metcalf? What, what do you think? Yeah, and the, the the big thing with him is the shots just, just hasn't fallen yet. Right. And, you know, but he keeps shooting and keeps playing like it has been. And I think, like you said, that's really encouraging because it shows that he still has confidence in it and that he's not being timid and passing up open shots or not looking for his own shot. Um, if that was the case where, you know, on these pick and pops, he would just immediately look to swing it and not even look at the hoop um then it'd be like oh like you're we're three games in and you're already losing faith in what was the main selling point or one of the main selling points with you um so i i think the shot's gonna get there it's gonna be fine he's even shown some of these you know mid post kind of back a di- get back a guy down spin get to the get to the rim that's been really nice uh the ball handling has been it's not been great yeah not Um, not great bob there there were a handful let's say of transition possessions that immediately died because he couldn't handle really um and i was hoping to see a little bit more development in that area for him than there has been but with the rockets with jalen green who's probably gonna have the ball most of the time and Kevin porter jr and you know uh, even Shangun in the post, I don't think it's going to be as much of an issue as it is with the summer league team because he's facing a similar guard issue that he faced at Auburn. Um, right. What What's gotten me really excited about this Rockets team is what we said in the draft recap show. That defensive pairing of him and Tari Eason is going to be so much fucking fun like two or three years from now where they're going to be dominant together and we're already seeing stretches of it where there's this one in the magic game where rj hampton brought the ball up um he got jabari switched on to him why i don't know he tried to use his athleticism to drive past jabari jabari stayed with him step for step never crossed his feet cut off the drive rj had to kick it back out to paulo who then drove to the free throw line tari cut him off and paulo spun for and for a fadeaway mid-ranger at about 18 feet and Tari was right in his face and it, they missed a shot. It's like, Oh my God, that is fun. When you have two guys who can move like that on the perimeter and force turnovers and always be in the guy's face, regardless of whatever position they are, that is so important and deadly for a defense moving forward. So e- even though they're rookies and I know young players typically aren't good defenders, I think they're immediately going to make that Rockets team better. Now, obviously not a top 10 defense right away, but they're not going to be the worst defense in the league who can't stop anyone from getting to the rim. Yeah, I I thought Tari's looked incredible. Um, Tari's looked very, very good. Like He looks like one of those guys where it's absolutely perfect. Like Summer League's just perfect for him, but he's just playing his butt off. He's looked... He's been flying all over the place. It's one of those things where we talk about when you're evaluating guys, like if they disappear, it's a bad sign. Tari's been visible every second he's on the court because he's just been that energetic. He's he's really been active. He's been, you know, I'm one of those guys I had him probably towards like 
18 or something, I just was a little skeptical. And right now I'm like, woof, okay, I might have missed there. And, you know, he just looks like a guy that might return top, you know, 14 value pretty early on. Like he looked great. He looks like he, you know what it is? It's the classic. He landed in the perfect spot. And um, Jabari, like that last, Jabari's shown some stuff defensively that everyone's obsessing with his struggling uh, from outside shooting the ball. Jabari has shown some stuff defensively that I'm like, my goodness, it's already happening. It's already He's going to be an all NBA defender. Yes, he is. And if you go watch that Spurs game that he just had his best game, he has some possessions of switching onto a couple guys and sliding his feet. This is what you talked about in the beginning of the year, Metcalf, like when he was at Auburn, like the versatility that he has at his disposal and potentially could have is like, Stop fascinating with the three-point shot, folks. Like, this is a potential all-NBA defender. Like, it is freakish how good the yeah. fundamentals are at times. And and that's where you're watching the game. It's like, I think those strides forward are more important in summer league than, like, a guy shooting 55% yeah. from the field. It's like, you need to see the growth in various areas. The shot's going to come for Jabari. Like, the last thing I'll say about Jabari is... Uh, Anyone that's ever watched The Replacements, the speech that Shane Falco gives about quicksand, the whole second game, when Jabari, I think, went like three for 19 or something, I was literally like, that speech is just on replay right now inside of his head. Because it was just, he just couldn't do anything right. And it was just, you could see how frustrated he was. No shot would fall. He'd have a wide open jumper, clank. Um, So I think he's going to be fine. And the fact that he had that nightmare game and the next game has his best game, that's exactly what you want to see. Um, but Tari, damn, he looks really, really good. I mean, they got one there. Yeah, and that you, we we mentioned the the pickup style that summer league mm-hmm. frequently you know brings out in games, and Tari thrives in that setting. It's that high pressure, chaotic balls flying everywhere. You're running in transition. You're cutting. You're driving. You know, you're getting mismatches. You know, he's looked incredible. And that's the exact setting that he thrived in at LSU. And I think that that's going to pretty much translate immediately for him. Um, I still am curious. I, you know, I'm not concerned, but I'm just curious to see what he looks like when the game slows down. Um, Defensively, you know, he's this high pressure defender, but I've had a little more faith in how he's moving his feet and staying with guys. Um, and not gambling as much. Um, so I think that looks good offensively. I'm really intrigued to see how does that translate for him when he's not just running in transition all the time, or does that corner three, you know, continue to improve? So I, I'm, I'm really excited about where he, where he's currently at and how quickly that could accelerate for him. Yeah. He's um, I was just thinking about this when, when you were talking like, He's so fascinating because he's, I wonder if he's almost going to be like a new wave of like a microwave scorer for a big man, like as a forward, you know, where we always used to think of these guys like Lou Williams and and guys that can come off the bench and really just their energy, their impact could really carry a team. And I wonder if that's Tari maybe as like a forward off the bench where he just come in and just, you're, you're letting him run wild. And, and some games he's just going to be, in a rhythm and you're like, Hey, we can't take him off the court. We got to play him down the stretch. But um, can he also groom to be a, a starter long-term? Cause 
I think he's got that potential. And now you have a luxury of having two young forwards with serious defensive ability, like we just you just talked about earlier, Metcalf, that Ooh, those two growing together, it's going to be really, really damn fun. If if they click, that could be just a force. Um, and then, you know, the prodigal son, Alperin Shangun's there still. So it's going to be fascinating. I I, I loved watching Houston's team um, for everyone on social media that apparently was kind of dogging on Josh Christopher. Like, calm down. I thought Josh Christopher looked awesome at Summer League. I was like, my goodness, they got to – another asset he looked great to me so very interesting Social media yeah my, my, my only gripe with christopher is that there has been a lot of josh christopher yes um, a lot the, <laughs> a little bit of a black hole when he gets the yeah. ball um but every team kind of needs one of those guys and if if the shot continues to develop and that kind of scoring versatility continues to develop um you know then he's going to warrant a lot of those shot attempts so and he he's been good i i would like to see him make the extra pass once maybe um but the, the defense has been solid uh the physical scoring game i've really liked so i i think he's on a really promising just trajectory for in his learning curve two other guys on the rockets i wanted to mention are i thought Dacian nix has looked really good as a passer and if that yes. can continue to grow and he can continue to make um important you know contributions with either just his slashing or even some of his defense i thought has looked pretty solid um he could be a really important connector and facilitator in that starting lineup towards the end of the season uh because he's one of these guys who can get the guys the ball pretty much anywhere on the court um and then just deep sleeper eric coleman i I really like this guy um i have no idea where he came from i think he was with the spurs g league team all year but he's had some awesome blocks has knocked down the three has had some huge dunks i i really really like him i you know obviously he's not going to be a superstar or anything but i'm I'm really rooting for him to make a roster holman looked good i was very impressed with nicks um he was he was generating some buzz i i wrote about him in my um summer league preview because he was just generating some buzz in the g league to end the season and um houston's been reportedly really high on him i think they Gave him a lengthy contract. Even I'm sorry, off the top of my head, Rockets fans. I know. Yeah, it was, I think he has a multi-year deal. Yeah, it was it was a big deal when they did it, and um, really, I, I I was impressed. I was like, because I was lower on him as a draft prospect, because I was like, he's just far away. Yeah, like I, I, he looked like a guy that was just lost when he was entering the draft, and then now it was like the strides you've taken in one year, like that is remarkable. And he really did have some, some plays where I was like, man, that was a nice play. Like yeah. it, it, it was just one of those guys that I, I'm like you, Metcalf. I thought that's the underrated piece on your roster that could be very valuable as like you're saying as a connector. Um, I liked Nick's a lot. I, I thought he was one of those guys that probably won't get enough attention just because of everyone else that's creating all these buzz and putting up these mm-hmm. big numbers. But I really liked the way he played. And I thought in one year, he looked a complete different player. Like that's, that's the dream. If you're a organization seeing that much maturity and growth in one year, like, woo. Um, so I'll be, I'll be fun. It'll be interesting to keep watching, you know, what what goes on with him moving forward? Maybe there is a spot in that rotation because Nick's Christopher Washington. 
they kept experimenting with all those guys as kind of like point guard roles. And I thought Christopher looked great, but was a little just chaotic. I thought Ty Ty was, you know, could disappear for a little bit, although he had some flashes. And then I thought Nick's just looked composed of the three. He looked yeah. under control and, and really was playing at his speed, which is like, he was making everyone come down to him. He wasn't comfortable. So be interesting to see what happens. All right. Um, so that, that kind of wraps up the big three. I'm going to let you choose. What direction do you want to go here? Oh boy. Um, I got a long list. So just let me same, get same. Let me get one second. Um, trying to talk about who I saw in person that really impressed me. You know, I, I, I got to give some love to uh, Isaiah Livers. He looked yeah. good. Yeah. He looked I, really good. I'm excited to talk about the Pistons because I, I Let's am, do it. Let's talk I'm, about I'm, Detroit. Obviously, we'll get to the big two names, but obviously, but more importantly, Isaiah Livers. He, he has to lead off the Pistons segment. Yeah. Why wouldn't he? Um, I am so excited for an Isaiah Livers breakout year. God, I'm just praying that this dude can stay healthy because he is, he's so good. He is so good. One of my favorite guys I watched in Vegas. Not, and it's not even close. I thought he looked perfect for a rebuilding team that wants to take that next step that just had a good draft. And now all of a sudden you add Isaiah livers into that impressive draft this year because he, he missed the majority of his rookie year. I think he played some games down the, to end the season, but this is a nice piece. And, and he looked exactly like what he looked like at Michigan where it was, he took his shot when he had his shot, he made yep. the right plays, played great defense. Um, I posted something on Twitter and, and I was talking about like how much I was so excited to watch him and he, he looked great. And someone was like, check out his defense. And I was like, I know I checked out of his defense. I love him. I mean, this is my, this is my favorite pick from a couple of years ago uh, so, or a year ago. So, um, but it was just so exciting to watch because he just, he knows his strengths. Yeah. And I can't he just knows how to play. I can't stress that. So, and people are like, duh, that's important. It's like, no, but <laughs> Some guys got to swallow their pride and realize, like, this is my game. I'm going to do what I do best. And if it's not there, I'm moving the ball. I'm looking to make my teammate get some success. He was just great. He's going to be an important piece for this Pistons team moving forward. I love what I saw from him. I thought he looked so good, Metcalf. And he yeah, also I knows, like, hey, I, I belong. I, I'm, I'm going to make some noise this year. And – when I say make some noise, I'm not saying he's going to average 20 a game, but he's going to average. God, but he's going to be a guy that puts up 15 some nights. And like, Damn, he was good. Like he was just, I love him. Absolutely yeah, I him. I'm all in. Um, I've I've continued buying his stock, just his entire time at Michigan. His just all through summer league, he's been so impressive. Um, he's just one of these guys. Like you said, he just knows how to play the game, and he knows who he is as a player and plays to that. Um. And that's something that coaching staffs and front offices notice. Not, not everyone needs a 20-point-per-game score. Those guys are few and far between. And, you know, the odds are you're not going to be one of them. So what else can you do? Can you knock down an open three? Can you attack a closeout and make the extra pass? Can you defend at a high level? Can you defend mel multiple positions? Can you block guys at the rim? He's doing all of it. I just I love the way his game has continued to develop since he was a freshman at Michigan. and. 
you know, if he's healthy, you know, which given his track record could be a big if, I I think there's a real high level three and D wing there. He's got the potential to be the guy that has to be on the court in crunch time minutes. Yeah. Like that's how highly I think. I also think he's he's got the long-term potential to be like every playoff team's trying to get Isaiah Livers in free agency. Like I'm saying like yeah, way he, down the road he when he's a Jay, vet. Jay Crowder ass. Yes. Like Jay Crowder, player. PJ Tucker. Like you're, you're just like, we, oh, if we could get Livers on this team, it's, right. it's such a big boost. But I also think Detroit's probably like, we can't leave him here. Like, we're <laughs> keeping him forever. So, but it's just because he, it's like, he's a smart basketball player, plays the game. He gets his shots. Mm-hmm. He he can shoot it, the crap out of it from deep, but he also gets after it defensively. He knows where the ball's supposed to go. I love him. I th- I think he just really knows how to play his role. And his role is not being the guy for the Pistons. His role is going to be like I need to be the guy that, you know, when it's my when it's my turn to take a shot and I'm wide open, I'm making them pay. When it's my turn to move the ball and get somebody else a shot, I'm doing that. And those guys are, like you said, those are glue guys. Those are yeah. guys that get you from the rebuild to the next step. And I absolutely love them. And and you know, now we're having this podcast be all about Isaiah Livers. We don't need to talk about anybody else, Metcalf. No, I, I think we're we, we were going to need to devote a full hour and a half episode to just yes. Isaiah Livers in the future. Uh, but no, I, everyone should be ready for the Isaiah Bre- Livers breakout year because I do think it's coming sooner rather than later. But the two big names for the Pistons are obviously Jaden Ivey and Jalen Duran, who I thought both were incredibly impressive. Uh, first with Ivey, in their first game I watched is you know right at the start of the first quarter is like, oh, he's kind of struggling with the speed and physicality of it, and then you know, 10 minutes go by. It's like, Oh, okay. He figured it out. And he, it, it, it felt like he was almost too hyped up for the game and like too ready to get out there and just the brain, the body, all of it was going at a thousand miles an hour for him. And then he kind of started to dial it back and just play. And it all looked so much smoother for him. And as just envisioning him play in the backcourt with Kate Cunningham, it's like, God, that's going to be so much fun. For them uh bummer that he turned his ankle but it's just a turned ankle thankfully so whatever he'll be fine um i, I think he's the real deal and then jalen duran it, it's rare that we get a 17 year old who's the most physically imposing guy on the court um i've been really impressed with what he's been doing he's shown a little more passing than he did at memphis obviously i know there were passing flashes there at memphis but the I think he's going to have so many games where he just feasts because of the gravity that Ivy and Cunningham demand. Um, and then he'll just be there in transition and on those backdoor lobs. Um, I don't, I think he turns 18 in December, which is just wild. Um, God, I just Pistons fans should be over the moon about the direction their team is headed. Duran looks exactly what he needs to look like. Yeah. He 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 knows his role early on. He's he's been active. He's been physical. They were playing him kind of like quick spurts, and it was kind of annoying. And then um, one of the games we saw, he was playing like extended minutes, but he's a load in person. And I think he's been great around the basket. Where it's like if he gets an offensive rebound, it's like oh gosh, everyone just looks like oh well, he's gonna slam it. We can't <laughs> stop. You know, it's just. He's going to be fine. I, I'm really excited. I, I was very impressed watching him. Ivy was 
really interesting because his first game, I thought his box score looked better than how he played. Agreed. And what I mean by that is just, I think he ended up with like, what, 26 and 6? It was an impressive line. Yeah, it was a nice line. And and if you saw that line and you didn't watch, you'd be like, oh man, he took over. And it's, he was, you you worded it perfectly. He was too hyped up for that game. Because you saw some drives, he was just like out of control. It was like a sports car with no brakes, just like going all over the place. And then we went to go see his next game. Because I was like, this is the game I would think if you're Ivy, you calmed down and now you're ready for... What's going to happen? Because it, they were putting him in positions to be a point guard. And I think he was trying to do too much to prove it in the first game. So then he just was all over the place. But then he ended up closing that first game really strong. And I was like, okay, now it looks like things are a little, like you were saying, Metcalf, things are a little calming down. That second game, he had 11 points in five minutes. And I turned, uh, I think Nathan or Albert or even maybe Nick, and I was like, he's about to go nuts. Like he, I was like, he might drop 35 because it looked like everything slowed down. He had like that step. He had that swagger. He was like kind of looking at the crowd, not in his head. And then the stupid rolled ankle. I was like, cool, sweet. He was just about to drop 40. But it looked so impressive because it looked like everything slowed down. He, he already had that overhyped first game. Um, where he had so much energy, and then he was like, okay, I, I got the first one out of the way, now let me go to work. And um, it was a bummer, but I think Pistons fans, like you're saying, should be pumped out of their mind. They they got great pieces alongside um, the whole Pistons team, was like courtside watching all those games. Yeah. It was They're excited too. Like Cade looked like, oh gosh, this is going to be fun. <laughs> and um, it, I was very impressed with – the Pistons team in general, they have a fun, fun core um, grooming together. What else do you got, Metcalf? Who else did you want to talk about? We can talk about anyone you want. Yeah, and we, we got to talk about Johnny because – Yeah, I, let's talk – I'm very pumped to talk about yeah. Johnny because I'm sick and tired of everyone on social media going after our boy. So let's talk about it, Metcalf. I had a feeling we were going to talk about this. Yeah, so I think this Wizard Summer League team is a worse viewing experience than the Memphis team last year. Um if anyone's the, the, watched... the Memphis Tigers, the Memphis College team. Oh, okay, okay, okay. If anyone's ever watched Midsummer, that's what it's like watching the Washington Wizards. If you haven't watched Midsummer, don't do it. You will never look at a movie the same way. Please don't do it. Anyways, um, yeah, it's not great. It's I just I don't think there's one other player on that roster who is going to beyond the wizards the problem is is a lot of guys and and i'm not trying to dog these guys because you know he's got isaiah todd's on the roster i kind of liked isaiah todd as like a little bit of a sleeper last year um yeah but here's the problem with this summer league roster is there's a lot of guys that are desperate to get on an nba team that are been living in the g league been living overseas they don't want to go back and do that i they don't want to be stuck in that position again they're they're trying to make some noise. And the the worst part of that recipe is that Johnny, his first game, was trying to play team ball. He was passing everything. I was like, man, he's so passive. He's, he's, he's literally yeah. just passing everything in the world. Everyone I've seen on social media is talking about, like, man, he can't get around anyone. And it's, I think it was just because he was just physically dominating guys in college – 
that you have to learn how to do this again. You're, you're at the NBA level. Everyone is stronger. Now you have to learn how to use that physicality. I'm not, I'm not worried about Johnny at all. I think, Nope. I think he's had like the games where everyone's going to freak out and they're gonna be like, Oh, he's bust. He's a 10th pick. He's a bust. And I'm like, guys, this happens a lot. Like, I, I had to do this, Metcalf, because I was ready to go to war. Um, tell him. Chris Middleton, Summer League, seven points a game, three rebounds, 38% from the field. Um, what else do I got? Nikola Jokic. I don't know if anyone's heard of him. Um, he sucks. 8.6 rebounds, 45% from the field in five games. Uh, the Middleton one was in seven games, by the way. Chris Paul, 11-5-5, from the field in four games. Um, what else do I got? Steph Curry, everyone could be like, oh, he played good in it. Well, he was 17-4-4 on 32% shooting in five games. Uh, Paul George, 15 points, seven rebounds, 33% from the field. Draymond, even 10-7 and seven on 30% on 12 games. Um, what else do I got? Your boy, Carl Anthony Towns, 12 points per game, seven rebounds per game, 39.6% from the field. And then the legendary Trey Young, um, around 15 points per game, five assists per game, 30% from three. I'm rounding on all of those, so no, they're not exact. But my point is, calm down. It's going to take some time. Like, Johnny's playing on a team of guys that are desperate to get on it, and Johnny's trying to be the teammate of, like, He's thrown some gorgeous passes. And yes, thank you. They, I mean, I watched that game and I was like, man, he makes some beautiful passes. And um, he was very passive with the ball. He was, he was trying to get rid of it. He was not trying to yeah. force the second game I watched. I was like, he's doing a little bit better job. But I said, at some point, he's got to take the ball and be like, to hell with this. Like, I, yeah. I'm going to show you what I could do. And um, that's just the, that's the reality of summer. Like, not everyone's going to be dominating and i think we've talked about him before every single level of competition he's ever played he's had a different role asked of him and he's figured it out so no i'm not going to react over three or four summer league games of struggle i think johnny's going to take that and be like all right they get back to work and wizard fans we're gonna be okay we're gonna be fine (laughs) calm down also, was- Bradley Bill will grab him and be like, will you please go and shoot the ball and stop <laughs> trying to make 15 assists a game? We need you to score. Yeah, so the, that part that you mentioned about his role, I think is so important. And he yes. has it's changed at every every year of his development, and he's figured it out every year. So is he going to win rookie of the year? No. Is that going to matter in the long run? No. I Every time he gives up the ball, it's the last time he's seen it until they get the ball back, if not longer. Yes. Um, and, you know, that's the frustrating part about that is that it's in the exact, it's an exact contradiction to what we were talking about earlier, where front offices and coaching staffs notice the guys who are making others better, who are doing the yes. little things. They don't want guys to go out in summer league and chuck up 40 shots to get 20 points. They don't care about that because they already have guys who can do that at a much higher level. So I thought Johnny was moving really well without the ball. I thought he was making some really nice cuts that, you know, he was never found on. Um, Some of the passes that you mentioned were really, really impressive. And, you know, it's a shame that I was told over and over again that he couldn't pass at all in college. It's 
funny how that turned out. Um, yes. And, I, you know, his left hand and keeps coming up over and over again. It's like, oh, that's just as good as his right, where there's this one live dribble pass that he made to a cutter from, you know, 40 feet away with his left hand. Like, oh, there it is. There's another where he drove uh, drove to the middle of the lane, got bumped, throws up a left-handed floater, goes in, easy, smooth. I'm like, awesome, there it is. There's that ambidexterity that made him such a dynamic score. Now, it's not, you know, there, there is stuff that Johnny needs to work on. So I promise I'm not just going to be, oh, it's everyone else's fault. He has been way too timid. And he is at the first, um, you know, the first time one of his moves gets cut off, he's too eager to pick up his dribble and get rid of it then. And that, that's that got to change. I think it will continue to grow as he gets more comfortable with the speed and physicality and, you know, just has more ball movement and better players around him. I think that will improve. There have been a couple really nice drives that he's had. Um, there's one on Isaiah Stewart where, he drove middle, went behind the back, kind of faked a step back, got Isaiah to bite on it, drove, and then he messed up his footwork at the rim, and it allowed Stewart to recover and block him. He's had a couple like that where it's like, oh, okay, here are the three to four dribble combo moves that you're connecting, and then he's just kind of getting sloppy or mess, messed up with his footwork at the rim that allows the you know either help defender or his primary de- defender to recover. Um, Long term, that's going to work itself out. And then defensively, he's he's been really good. I really like the work rate, the communication, both on and off ball. He's gotten back cut a couple times. Um, I'm not too worried about that. Everyone just, does. It's yeah. you're you're jumping it's to the NBA. Like, Everyone does. Calm down. Right. Yeah. I so agree with you. It just all all of it. It it hasn't. He hasn't been good. Uh, I'm I'm fine admitting that he hasn't been good. But nothing he's done is like oh. He can't play here. Oh, he sucks. Look at the little things that aren't just the scoring. Yes, the shot needs to get there. Yes, the scoring confidence needs to, you know, re- find its level again. I think it will. I think it'll all get there. But look at the passing. Look at the off-ball movement. Look at the rebounding. He's still one of the best rebounders out there. Um, and then look at the defense. It's all really good. So, yes, it's a big area that he struggled in. Um, mm-hmm. But it's just – it's really just one area. I think the biggest part, too – um, and, and I agree with you completely, but it's also like, remember, this is a guy that was a seven points per game as a freshman yeah. in college, and then almost was a 20 point per game in one year. And, you know, watching Johnny, um, I even thought this before, like, it wouldn't shock me if he's a guy that the second half of his rookie year just clicks. Yeah. It just, and Cade was, we were all freaking out about Cade Cunningham. Everyone was like, oh my gosh, he's a bust. bust. He's terrible. Game what are you talking sucks. about? And I was like, well, Cade didn't have a, he got hurt in summer league. He didn't have a preseason, didn't have a training camp. He was all of a sudden just thrust into the action, figuring out. And then Cade clicks and it was just like, oh my gosh. And and it happens at different times for these guys. Like I, I wrote a piece of no ceilings, NBA.com. First plug of the day. We're an hour in. You're welcome. That's free. It's free. But I wrote an article about this. It happens not just for point guards. It happens for all types of players. Is, is Johnny's thing is he plays the game with his gears, with change of gears, with hesitations, with feel. Now he has to relearn how to do that against stronger guys. Like he was a guy that physically imposed other weaker defenders at college. Now he's got to learn to go against bigger guys. It's going to take some time. You're not going to mm-hmm. just walk on there and be Jalen Duran, who's, is a physical freak at summer league and probably in the NBA 
Like that doesn't happen all the time. So I'm not worried about him at all. I think this is going to be one of those situations where he's going to get some playing time because he's doing the other stuff. He's playing good defense. He's moving the ball, but he also needs to be more aggressive offensively. And and I think that will come. That's also going to take a veteran being like, Hey, I expect, I respect what you're doing. Shoot the ball. Like you're open, shoot the ball, be aggressive, get your shots. But um, I'm not kidding. That roster is full of guys that have been living in the G league and it's very easy for someone to say like, well, you know, they were good in the G league, but it's also like, they don't want to play in the G league again. They're trying to get on an NBA roster. So yeah, it's easy for us to be like, Oh, those guys should be making extra passes and stuff. But also it's like, they're They're, probably thinking that's not going to get me on. Yeah. They're like, I need to score 20. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I definitely sympathize with it. Just, yes. It's just a frustrating style of basketball. For sure. It's, it, they had a possession. I, what was the one you clipped? I think no one else touched the ball for like a full entire possession. Yeah, no. Then twelve of the seconds, the guy just stood in place dribbling. It was infuriating. Well, but yes, summer, he, so. he 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 did have it for the full twenty four seconds. Full twenty four, and which he is amazing. About five feet. Which is amazing at summer league, and it wasn't to end the quarter. It was just a possession, and you're like, yep. gosh. So. Um, what else you got? I, I mean, I know okay. we're getting lengthy in it, but I, we got plenty still we could talk about. Yeah. Um, do you want to just kind of let, let's go a little bit back and forth, just rapid yeah. fire on quick thoughts. Um, I want to touch on the Knicks. Yes. Oh my God. I, I am getting dangerous and irresponsible expectations for Jericho Sims and Quentin Grimes. Um, I think those dudes are legit and are two of the best young pieces on the Knicks. Um, I kind of expect Jericho Sims to make an all-NBA defensive team at some point in his career, if not multiple. The way that dude moves is freakish, and he needs to be in the conversation for best athletes in the league way more. And obviously the vertical stuff is jaw-dropping, where he's hitting his chin on the rim. Um, That's absurd. It's what he does laterally, though. And he can, he's almost a five position switch defender. The way he gets down in a stance and slides his feet, his foot speed, his agility, the footwork, it's incredible. And now he's showing flashes of being a grab and go guy. Um, he hasn't done much with it, but he's grabbing rebounds, taking it across half court, and then giving it up. And it's like, oh, okay, well, if you have a seven footer with that type of athleticism doing that and you're getting into your offense even quicker, it's like, oh, okay, here we go. Let's do it. Um, Obviously, freak lob finisher. He does this thing when he catches the ball, though, uh, where he'll take, he'll bring it down, take a dribble, and then do like some fadeaway hook shot. And, you know, so many young players do that. And I hate it. It's infuriating. It's like just yes. dunk on these dudes because you're bigger than all of them. Quinn Grimes might be their best guard. Um, obviously, obviously not including, I'm going to exclude Jalen Brunson from that. Um, I think Quinn Grimes is going to be their best guard. And Corey and I have a joint piece. Uh, we're going to put together for next week over on no ceilings on It's free. Um, so yeah, I, I, I am in love with those two guys. Grimes, uh, Grimes was a leading candidate for two good for summer league. Um, I loved everything I saw from him and, and he had his game where I think he had the, like he was, one of his his worst shooting performances, I think, and I was like, I was I was the most impressed from that game. I, I was just like, I would shut him down. I don't care if he was you know thirty five percent from the field or whatever he ended up with, but I was like, 
that dude was the best player on the court. It wasn't close. He looks sensational. He really looks like a, uh, yeah, he's going to be a, a real solid piece. Um, I would not trade him. I, I, there's something there. We're talking, and also for everyone that don't remember, Quinn Grimes was a projected top ten pick when yeah. he went to Kansas, and then just had a nightmare year. Transfers to Houston, rebuilds his game, and it looks like all that talent that we were all looking at as a prospect that we thought he was going to be a top ten pick is now like, whoa! There is a complete player ready to you know just be unleashed. Um, Jericho looked really damn good. I, I I know exactly what you're talking about. It drove me crazy. He did it. We were in the small gym and he did it right in front of me. And I was like, what are you doing? You could dunk <laughs> over both of those guys easily, but it, he, he got it. And he was right under. And I was like, just go up and slam the yep. shit out of it. And he literally like did a turnaround hook fading away. I was like, you just made life miserable. What are you doing? So, um, but he looked damn good. And he was moving around. He had some offensive rebounds where I was like, oh, gosh, this is a freak. <laughs> and he, he's just – the Knicks got some stuff growing. They got some grooming prospects. They got some players that are really trending in the right dire- like direction quickly. And um, no pun intended, Emmanuel, quickly. But Grimes looks unreal. Yeah, he, he looks fantastic. I'm, I'm really excited to see what he becomes this year. I, I – I'm, I'm pissing people off, but I think he could be their best player. Um, I, I love RJ. I love RJ, but I think Grimes eventually could be one of their best players. Like Grimes could reach territory of like, he, I don't know if we could trade Grimes because he's, he's like what you saw the development in one year. If he has another one of those, it's like, holy crap. Uh, but, and I, I know how good RJ is, excuse me, but I love Grimes. I think he's really damn good. Yeah, and then I've been really impressed with Montero's just point of attack defense. I thought he's no. really good there. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then I had a, and, a battle with everyone at No Ceilings Crew in no, Vegas. I was like, no, no, they they all liked him. I just yeah. no, it, it just, just specifically his his point of attack D. Um, yeah, the the rest of it's been meh for me. But the 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 point of attack D I thought looked a lot better than uh, before. And then Ferran Hunt, he he's yeah. a guy. He's gonna make a team. He's gonna. Um, he, he he's a guy. All right. Uh, what else you got, Montero? I was being a little harsh on. He looked fine. I just wasn't like in love as everyone else. Um, Hunt looked outstanding. I was giving Albert some crap because he thought I was a psycho bef- before the first game, and then Hunt had like seven steals, and Albert was like, "Oh, okay, cool." <laughs> um, what else I got? Um, I got a long list. Peyton Watson showed some serious signs. I liked him. Um, we talked about Jared Roden. Blake Wesley's looked very good. I'm ready to eat crow on that one. I was a little shocked. Mm. Did you see his first game, Metcalf? It was the funniest thing ever. Um, no. So I, I haven't watched him in depth. Um, so okay. yeah, I, I haven't watched him in depth. So I'll reserve any thoughts. So here's a little fun story for everyone that's been listening all year. You know how we've talked about Blake Wesley, and I will say I was thought he ended up in the perfect spot. Mm-hmm. Um, we go into the small gym, we get great seats. It's all of us. We're ready to watch the Spurs, and uh, 
the moment they get the ball, it, it ends up in Blake Wesley's hand and he goes down and takes like three dribbles and pull up from the elbow, clanks it. And we all just looked at each other and I was just like, buckle up boys. And then he literally has a phenomenal game. And I was like, okay, I'm about to get ripped apart on the internet. He's looked good. He's looked, he's looked great. Him and Primo have done a good job playing together. Um, Branham, I've got some, I think he's going to be okay. He's going to take a little longer. And I think, um, but he, he's also having the Jabari Smith factor of like the strides are coming with each game. Um, trying to think of anybody else. Keegan Murray looks pretty damn good. Yep. Uh, I thought Keegan looked really good. Um, you know, it sucks that Sharp got hurt right away. Yeah. Uh, right. That one baseline fadeaway that he had is a really nice shot. It was also exactly what me, you, and Jake Rosen talked about with everything being predetermined, where he bailed on that drive really early and settled for a really tough jumper. And it it looked like a move that his trainers has have had him do a thousand times in an empty gym. It looked nice. It was smooth. Would have liked to see him go to the rim or, you know, do something else with it. Um, but then I, I, I was, I've been really impressed with Keon Johnson, too. Um, yes, thank you. I thought his, I was crazy. No, I, I thought his passing looked significantly better. Uh, still a little erratic, but the the idea is there. The vision is there. The intention is there. And then just he's really using that athleticism to get to the lane and then create either for himself or others for, from that spot. So I, I've been really encouraged. Um by you know from these last couple of games with him um bryce mcgowan's looked outstanding to me um he's already a better passer than anything he showed at nebraska i agree i I think we're gonna be talking about that one for a while yeah i've watched one of i watched a couple of his games i've been like oh my gosh he's gonna be a really good pick um yeah, just right at the start of their first game when they get they won the tip, they, and then they give it to him to initiate the offense. I'm like, oh, what's this? Yeah, and then he immediately runs a pick and roll, delivers a perfect pocket pass to Nick Richards for a huge dunk. I'm like, oh, what is this? Yeah, and then he had a couple just driving dumps, driving kicks, where it's like, oh my god, Bryce, where was this in Nebraska? Why, like, why, why were you settling for 35 foot pull ups like when you could be doing this? So yeah, I, I'm really excited by that. He looked under control. He just looked composed every yeah. – I was just like, this looks great. Um, Andrew Nimhart, but he didn't put up huge numbers, but he had some – he kept having plays that I was like, man, this dude's just – he could just play. He's just great. Matherin looked great. Um, who else that? RJ Nimhart for the Cavs looked fantastic in the one game I watched. I was like, man, this dude can play. I was like, woof. Um What's I got? I got a couple more. I thought Mark Williams looked a little jumpy on both ends yeah. of the floor. Um, yeah. It's, it's kind of like freshman Mark Williams again. So I'm hopefully that's, uh, you know, just a speed nerves type thing. And uh, he calms down a little bit, but it like his, his, you know, shots around the rim. It looked like he was rushing them. Uh, he was jumping more contesting at the rim than he ever did at all this entire year at Duke. Um, so that was a little disconcerting, but hopefully it's just nerves and that calms itself down a little bit. Um, and then Kai Jones. I fell for um, it. I fell for it. I'm really mad at myself. The, sh- the outside shot selection was one of my least favorite things I've seen. And um, the outside shooting was brutal. 
uh what he did when he actually decided to attack the rim i thought was way more encouraging and it's like oh okay can you do this like 90 percent of the time um but some of those decisions on hit on his part were like what's this what 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 happened what are you doing i left out on kai jones and in on jt thor yeah, no, I, yeah, I'm still in on JT Thor. Um, JT Thor has showed me some some good stuff. He looks awesome. He put on some good. Like I was like, whoa, JT yeah. Thor looks great. Kai Jones had that game where he went over ten from three, and I swear, like by the fifth one, I was like, no, like every time I knew it was coming. Like, Stop, <laughs> he's dead already. <laughs> Stop it, please. And I felt bad because he was just like, I'm so damn open. I gotta hit one. Yeah, I just and then- need one. <laughs> He's he's unbelievable athlete. Every time he gets near the basket, he dunks the crap out of it. Yeah, well, when he, he drives and cuts yes. the body control, the athleticism, it's like, yes, do that. Do that. But um yeah, I don't know. I I no, nah, I'm not there. I'm I don't think I'm there. Yeah. We'll see. Sure. I hope I'm wrong. I always root for everyone, but I'm not I'm not there on him. But JT Thor, I was very, very intrigued by. Um what do I got? I'm going to say his name wrong. Is it Keita on the Kings? Nemeas. Nemeas. I wanted to say Nemeas. Keita. 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 He looked good. Keita, I think. Yeah. Yeah. He looked no, good. He, he, he was awesome at Utah State. Um, uh, yeah. The, the fact just, that, he looked legit. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. No, just the, the fact that that outside jumper seems somewhat reliable, that's huge for him. Um, I, I, I definitely think he's a guy who's going to stick in the league for a bit. He looked awesome. Keegan, I'm just going to throw this about Keegan. It was funny because we watched um, um, a number of Keegan Murray games. I mean, I had to. I had to support the prodigal son. He had a couple games where you looked up and you're like looking at the stats and you're like, man, he's, he's only got you know, four points. Like We're in the second quarter. What's going on? And then you would look up at like the middle of the third and be like, how did he get to 18? Like it was just one of those yeah. – he kept just all of a sudden just quietly like one game he had, he was struggling to make anything. And, and he all of a sudden had 15. I was like, that's the quietest 15 ever. And he ended up with like 20 and nine or something. It was like, where did that come from? And then I thought I was going to look at his stats and be like, Oh, he was three for 15 from the field. And he was like six for 12 or something. I was like, what? I was just like, this makes no sense. I think he's going to be really, really damn good. I think the, the Kings got a great player. So um, and I liked Jaden Hardy from what I saw. I, I really do think Corey was even with me, and Corey famously saw the uh, 0 for 11 Jaden Hardy game this year. That was the one G League Ignite game Corey saw was Hardy go 0 for 11. And Corey turned to me at one point and he goes, He looks completely different. Like he just played with poise. He was, his outside shot wasn't falling. So he was working to get in between traffic and get some easy shots. And I liked what I saw from him. Um, but yeah, McKeff, that's all I really got for now. Unless you got anyone else you want to touch on? Um, I don't think so. I, the, the Warriors, I, I haven't seen the Wiseman game yet. Moody looks awesome. He's going to be so good. Kaminga. I'm a little worried I, about Kaminga, but I think he, he's going to be good. He struggled to create for himself yeah. and was getting visibly frustrated by it. Um, so it, it, it'll be interesting. I, I still think there's a lot to be intrigued by um, and excited about with him, but I'm not quite sure the upside is necessarily there. And when the I thing, say upside, I mean like what he was projected as by a lot of people coming into the NBA. 
The thing with Kaminga I think is really important is if you watch those games, they're putting the ball in his hands a ton. They might be like, yeah. hey, we don't they're, care. They're, they're, they're purposefully making him uncomfortable. Yes, which is what they did with Jaden Hardy. Boom, roasted to everyone that it told me I didn't know what I'm talking about. Um, I think they're trying to groom him as a better playmaker because they've just force-feeding. Like, you've had three trips of Thanksgiving dinner and leftovers, and you're they're just keep feeding him food. They don't care. Um, so, yeah, I think he's going to be fine, but he's looked a little rough, but I think it's because they're trying to make him a playmaker, trying to do this stuff. Moody's yep. looked awesome. Wiseman looked great in that first game. I think he was exactly what you needed to see. Um, last guy I want to make sure to mention is Ochai Abaji. Hmm. Looked great. He looked great in the game we watched. Um, Shame he's old, though. Yeah, I, I just kept saying he's old, though. You know, I, that's I loved him. He looked he looked really really good. I, you know, he's gonna be a good player. He was just lighting it up, and I was like, well, we overthought this one. Everyone overthought it because he's old. But uh, honorable mention I gotta say is Luke Travers had, was just absolutely electric as a basketball player, and I yelled at Maxwell because Maxwell said he didn't like him and. He had a glorious mullet. He just kept making all these amazing passes and plays on defense. And he also was hilarious that he would walk through the crowd and no one knew who he was because he looked like a 15-year-old with long hair. <laughs> and I was just laughing hysterically because I was like, no one knows that this is an NBA player <laughs> just walking through the crowd. So, um, yeah, that's my honorable mention. But, man, Metcalf. It, it, I, I loved a lot of these players. I'm really excited to see this upcoming season. and. Um, glad to be back with you. Glad to be back on the pod. Thank you for don't don't ever leave me again. Okay? <laughs> yeah, so I mean, we we ran a little long today, yeah. but we we had a lot to catch up on. Um, this was a lot of fun. Rucker, tell the people where they can find you, where they can support you. I'm at Tyler underscore Rucker on Twitter. Um, and I'm gonna be at NoSeilingsNBA.com. I'm actually brainstorming a couple pieces. I'm I'm excited to write. I'm trying to figure out which direction I want to go first because they're both gonna be pretty big monsters so i'm trying to figure out which one i want to go with first but metcalf i'm excited to hear that you and Corey got a little piece about the knicks that's exciting so thank you sir for being back in my life and if you ever leave again i'm gonna hunt you down so thanks well once again i'm tyler metcalf you can follow me on twitter at tmetcalf11 uh, you can find all of our no ceilings merchandise at no ceilings nba.bigcartel.com and all of our written work at no ceilings nba.com it is 100 free just click that subscribe button while you're over there to ensure that you never miss anything that we publish uh you can follow us on twitter at no ceilings nba and on youtube at no ceilings tv if you enjoyed this episode please make sure to subscribe leave a review and a five-star rating until next time see ya